Did you have an April Fool's trick played on you yesterday? Now we know that with April Fool's Day, people like to play little pranks, and usually they're harmless things, but it does cause us to stop and think a little bit. Am I being tricked, or is this for real? But since it is just foolishness stuff, we probably don't take it too seriously. Although I saw this on the Internet, it said, it's April Fool's Day, believe nothing and trust no one. And then it went on and said, just like any other day. I think they were saying it's a little more serious. In other words, we might be tricked or fooled more often than we think. Foolishness, that's what some people think about the cross and the message of Christ. 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul wrote this, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Now all of a sudden, a message is not just, well, fun and games. Now it has a serious tone to it. It's a matter of life or death. And we might think, if people only really understood, if only they, they heard directly from Jesus and saw what he did, then they wouldn't consider it to be foolish. Oh, here's one example of some people who had Jesus right there. And look at what they thought. From Matthew 27, when Jesus is on trial before Pilate. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. You know, that murderer, that thief, that criminal. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. And they all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your responsibility. And all the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Pilate was at a crossroads. He had a decision to make. What would he do with Jesus? The other day in my email I had a an ad that said the pros and cons of Facebook for pastors and church staff. Now, I don't do Facebook, so I thought, well, maybe I should see uh, what's involved here. And, and they listed the, the pros and the cons. They said, you know, you should be on Facebook because your members are on Facebook. So you can see what they're doing and they can see what you're doing. 
It also said the members can see that you have a life outside of church. So if you post things about what you like to do or whatever, they're going to see that and see, oh, he's a real person. And they also said it's an easy way to communicate with your members because they're there and you can talk back and forth. But they also said there are some cons with pastors and church staff being on Facebook. Your members are there. Huh? <laughs> so you got to be careful with what you post. The members can see that you have a life outside of church. Boy, he doesn't seem to be doing much church work this week. Or maybe they'll say, boy, he went to that wedding, but when I invited him to my wedding, he didn't come. And it's easy to connect and communicate, and maybe you get overwhelmed then with all that extra communication. Wow. So at the end of the article, the guy simply said, you need to decide what is best for your ministry. We're at a crossroads every day with decisions that we make. And we need to decide certain things based on this. What will we do with Jesus in those decisions? So what kind of things are we faced with? Well, first of all, will we believe him? Now that might sound like an odd question to ask people who are sitting in church. Will you believe Jesus? But of course we would. Would you believe everything he says? You know, sometimes we're challenged in our beliefs. Science puts things out there that maybe challenge what we think the Bible teaches. And then we start to rethink things. Our society challenges us with the way things are taught in the scriptures. And so we maybe rethink things. Pilate was being challenged when Jesus was before him. Jesus gave a testimony about who he was and what he taught, the truth. And Pilate's response, what is truth? He was basically questioning what Jesus was teaching. He thought that maybe truth was relative. In other words, you have your truth and you have your truth and it's just all whatever you want to believe, so who cares? See, he heard right from Jesus, but he didn't believe. The Jews heard directly from Jesus. They heard all of his teachings. Jesus even said, I have been out in the open and I have taught plainly. Why do you question me? They didn't believe what he taught. They didn't like what he taught. They wanted their rules. They wanted things to be done their way. They didn't like this talk about grace and forgiveness and loving and today, that's similar to people reject, they don't believe what God teaches. There are different truths, people may say, different religions, and everyone is free to choose and decide what they want, and they're all going to lead to the same place. So they're all equally valid. Therefore, we should be tolerant. Now, we should be tolerant in that. We should not be outlawing or, or committing violence against other people. We certainly wouldn't want that against us. But we don't have to accept other religions as being equally valid and right when they contradict what God says. So, when it comes to deciding things, 
you've got to ask yourself, do I believe what Jesus taught? And then we have to ask ourselves, do I trust Jesus? Now you might think, well, isn't that kind of the same as believing? Not necessarily. Let me illustrate it with a couple of pictures. What is this? It's a bridge. I believe that's a bridge. It's going from one place to another. Now, would you walk on it? Looks kind of old, a little rickety, maybe a little uncertain, huh? Maybe you would prefer something like this as a bridge. Yeah, that's really constructed well. That's very firm, has a nice look to it. I would trust that. I would walk on that. Except look at the middle. It's not complete. That would be dangerous. And so when I say, do you trust Jesus, I mean, are you willing to commit yourself to trusting in what he has done to save you? Pilate didn't. Oh, he was convinced that Jesus was some kind of a king, but he wasn't going to trust himself to Jesus' kingdom. The Jews had heard what Jesus taught, that he was the Messiah, but they weren't going to trust that. No, they had their own thoughts, their own ways of doing things. They weren't going to trust him. Pilate's wife, she had a dream, she said, about Jesus that night and was troubling. And so her advice was, just get rid of him. And in the end, that's what Pilate does. He just washes his hands. Just get rid of him. And so it is people today, too. They don't really trust in Jesus. They can't comprehend how he can be God and, and, and his way of salvation is the only way. They want things their way. Sometimes we have to decide about honoring Jesus. The soldiers had heard, here's a king. Well, let's mock him and let's make fun of him. What kind of power does this wimpy king have? Pilate just scoffed at what Jesus taught. The Jews rejected it. We have no king but Caesar, so take him and crucify him. They weren't going to honor him. Today in our world, too, Christ and his church is mocked for what we believe and what we stand for. I mean, just take a look at what's coming up with Easter. How does the world promote Easter? Well, it's a time for colorful eggs that are empty and you can stick things in. It's, it's a time for bunnies and flowers. Don't talk about an empty grave. That means you have eternal life. You see, they mock Easter and substitute it with bunnies and baskets. And then finally we have to ask, will we serve Jesus? Those who did trust Jesus, his disciples, where were they now? They'd all run away. They fled because they were scared. What is this going to mean for me? Will I be next? They were thinking only of themselves not their Savior. 
The words that the choir just sang illustrated that. Friends through fear his cause disowning, foes insulting his distress. Many hands were raised to wound him, none would intervene to save. But the next line is the good line. But the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice gave. You see, with that line, it's telling us Jesus came to serve us. He came to live for us. He came to die for us. His life was about obedience and sacrifice in order to save us. His death was our death so that his death becomes our life. We have assurance of that with his resurrection. He came to serve. Will we believe? Will we trust? Will we honor? Will we serve? You see, those are the questions we need to ask when we're at a crossroads. When there's something going on in my life, will I believe what Jesus has said, what he has taught? when there's trouble going on in my life, when there's hardship, when there's heartache, will I trust what he said, that all things are going to work together for my good? Will I trust him for my salvation? Will I take my sins and simply confess them and put them at his cross and not think, well, you know, and now I'm going to clean up my life and, and I'll be better and, and then God will bless me. And all I need to do is simply confess and trust what he has done. Will I honor him, putting him first in my life? I had a, another email this week, uh, and the title of it said, This month we are celebrating you. And I thought, wow, April is Pastor Bork month? And then I remembered it starts out with April Fool's Day. So, so I wanted to see what that was about. Well, it was from a, a Christian ministry that wanted to help me with my personal finances. I thought, well, I don't know that I need help. I can handle my $20 a month allowance pretty well, but I'll see what they say. Well, they were offering me all sorts of freebies. If I signed up, of course and paid for their course, and followed all of their advice. But what struck me was, this Christian ministry was promoting itself purely from the aspect of me. They want to celebrate me. Here's something for you. When this month we watch our Savior go to the cross, when we're reminded of his empty tomb for us, it's not, what can I get? It's what Jesus has done. That's what motivates me. That's what will help me spend that $20 a month. That's what will help me with other things in my life. When I see that I want to honor Jesus, you see the things we have to think about when we're at a crossroads? 
And then, will I see the open doors he has placed before me as opportunities to serve him? Now, sometimes you've heard me talk about our prison ministry, and that you know, started about two, two and a half, three years ago now. I never planned to do it. It happened because I answered the phone one day and an inmate was on the other line. It was an opportunity. It was an open door. And from there, God has kept opening door after door after door. This, this week I got a letter from the uh, head inmate that we work with and, and he summarized for the elders all the things that we've been doing for them. And I'll share that with you too, but because of, I can't put the letters out there now because we have to clear the entryway this week. But so you can see all the things we're doing. And I share that with you only because God put that open door there. When God puts an open door before you, walk through it. What open doors has God placed before you? Will you serve him? You see, it all comes down to what will I do with Jesus in my life? But maybe there's another question we have to answer before that. How do I decide? How do I decide what to do? How do I decide when Jesus should be there? Well, remember this. When we stand at various crossroads, decisions we have to make, we're always standing at the crossroad, the one that Jesus walked for us. And in light of all of that, we'll know how to decide. Here's how we decide. We'll listen to him. You know how blessed the Jews and Pilate were? They had Jesus right in front of them, speaking directly to them. But they would not trust what he said. We, we are blessed too. We have Jesus' full revelation to us in the scriptures. Listen to it. Just like that Christian financial management company wanted me to follow their program, so there's a program that we can follow too in simply listening to Jesus. Like this. Come to his house to hear his word. Get into Bible studies. Read your scriptures, read your meditation books and other Christian books. Listen to Jesus. But don't just listen to him. Also listen for him so that you can look on him and rely on him for blessing. Listen to what he has done for you. Listen to his words of forgiveness and grace and guidance. That's where you'll find the blessings. Do you need help in other areas of your life? I know I do. But it must start with hearing of God's grace. That can't be an afterthought. It must be the first thought. God's grace for me. There's a neat psalm verse that says this. Teach me your way, Lord. This is a good prayer for us. Teach me your way, Lord. Listen to him. That I may rely on your faithfulness. Look on him. Give me an undivided heart 
that I may fear your name. There's the result. When I listen to him, when I look on him, then I will love him with an undivided heart. That word in the Hebrew, undivided, really means united, with a united heart, where two things become one. You know, sometimes I think we, we compartmentalize our life. You know, we have our, our work life, our school life, our family life, our recreational life, and then our church life. And we kind of divide up things and view things that way. But the psalmist was saying, Lord, give me an undivided heart that unites all of that, that my love for you will be there in my job life, in my school life, my recreational life, my family life, and yes, in my church life. Give me an undivided heart. When I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, then I will want to do this. Paul says, after hearing all of that, then you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Then I will want to live for him. When I remember all that he has done, when I remember how he lived, died, and rose for me, then I want to live for him too. And so in my marriage, in my work, in my school, in my recreation, it's all under Jesus. So, what will you do with Jesus? You know, we need to recognize that in answering that question, we need some help. And so we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. To ask him to give us a clean heart and an undivided heart. Not just ask once, but ask every day. Ask him for an undivided heart. Because even though we stand at many different crossroads to make decisions we have to realize finally we stand at the one important crossroad that Jesus walked for us. And when we follow that, we will be blessed. Amen.